I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And joining me on the other line, lounging from the satellite branch, believe it or not, in scenic Hamilton, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. And for once, I am lounging. Totes lounging. Yeah, I'm super lounging. I got some pillows. Super, I got a warm blanket. Super lounging. Yeah. What has elevated this That's lounging right. position? Just the blankets? Uh, well, the, I, the, I blanket, I've got pillows. My feet are slightly up. It's like it's it's like a, a lounge. This like oh to be living that Caitlin McKinnon life. Honestly, <laughs> it's you know what it's it's the winter. I got to stay bundled. Time to get your. <laughs> I want. How do you pronounce it? Time to get your huga on. Uh, huga. Huga. My huga. Um. Yes, my mom for like she was obsessed for like a year tried to keep on giving me the little book of Hugo. <laughs> and I was like, Mom, I I already have candles and warm socks. I'm good. Listen, I saw something on Instagram, I had to tell Mr. Malash about this. To never forget you're a mammal. You know what every other mammal's doing right now? Sleeping and eating more. Sleeping. Yeah. So don't don't get too fooled with this like, you know, hyper productivity of the Christmas season. Be trying to make plans to change your life during the three coldest, darkest, <laughs> shortest days, months of the yeah. year. Admirable. We all going to try. This your is, man's is going to try too, but like, for real. I I think trying to have a resolution to start in January is the worst decision. That right there should be it should be your resolution. No more resolutions in January. Re- Stick to that one. Resolve. Not to make a resolution. Friends, you know how we do. We just launch straight into it. We just can't wait to talk to each other. It's episode 302 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you'd like to listen to any of our other 301 episodes, you just take yourself wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe. Helps us find new friends when it pushes us up the algorithm. And henceforth, if you do those things and you want to keep up with us, it'll require no more effort on your part. Because you ain't got time. You need to be sleeping and eating more. And going to Christmas parties, holiday parties. It's that season. Everybody going to their holiday parties. Will I ever get one? No, because I work in retail. My holiday party comes <laughs> in February. But you know what I'm not going to want to do in February? Keep track of my podcasts. And you don't ever have to keep track of them. Because they're going to be brought to you on the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip by your mans. Chauncey Frostelicus Third, Geek Down Internet Elf. Oh my god, girl. You know what he loves to do? You know what his one Christmas wish is? Is to keep bringing you episodes of this podcast directly to your device through perpetuity. It's what wow. he loves to do. That is one devoted elf. <laughs> he really is. Listen, you don't get into the elf game without a minimum degree of devotion. Yeah, but they like they they ramp it up for like starting in the late late August. They don't all year round. That's that's a whole other level. Whole other level. Listen, we do not select our internet elves haphazardly. There's a thorough vetting process. One day, I'm sure we'll tell you what that is. As soon as we come up with it, friends, if you have any uh, tips on how to properly vet your internet elves, you can head on over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Get up off Twitter. 
That's where the show's living on the social meds. Tentative as always, but we still there. I, I, being, being an outsider to this is, is very interesting. Like outsider I'm to not, what? To Twitter, to Twitter and the drama and people who like actively use Twitter and like Twitter is like a social lifeline. To me, if it goes down, I'm like, eh, there was just that, you know, tweet being mad at Funko Pop. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, I'm not losing much. But a lot of people, they have like years of their life on there. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> it is wild. Friends, if you want to support this endeavor financially so we can, I don't know, to pay for a OnlyFans or something. <laughs> is that where we're going to have to go next? I love the idea of it's just, it's literally just me and cardigans. Like I just, I, <laughs> I have, like I'm... It's just knitwear. <laughs> like, there's nothing scandalous going on. It's just wholesome. That's the downhill only <laughs> It's just us in knitwear and it's, like uh, it's it's Caitlin in knitwear and Jordan finally getting into Gundam models. That's what's happening. <laughs> it's me. It's me live streaming Gundam mo- failing failing at Gundam models and Caitlin chilling out and with an electric blanket, offering her electric blanket tips. Yeah. That's what you can come to expect on the Geek Down Only fans. Friends, apologies if this is a wonkier, weird episode. We are officially trying the uh, the tried and true technique of all serious podcasts, the double ender. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Wow. There we go. Um, that is where Caitlin and I will each record our audio separately. And then I will stitch them together, Dr. Frankenstein-like, and hopefully get you something that sounds decent and is coherent. Um, it may it's be gonna be a twenty-five minute episode, but yeah, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Interesting. I feel very like profesh. Um, gonna be sending you my my audio. Very excited about this. Girl, do not get ahead of yourself. We will we will see how profesh this ends up. You guys may never hear this episode because it might be a mess. It might not exist. You might be getting a you might be getting a fifteen-minute episode when we do a makeup one tomorrow night. Just being like, that Lohan movie was, eh. The Lohan movie, it's all right. You want to talk about it more? No. We got to go. No. We got to <laughs> go. I'm go. tired. I got to make I gotta make dinner. Uh, so to that end, and in an effort to, uh, you know, not completely double my workload, we're probably going to try to keep this episode a little, a little brief this week uh, while I work out the kinks on what this edit process will look like. It's all about self-betterment, y'all. You don't, like Kate said, you don't need the first of the year to uh, start working on upping those skills. No. I'm total, totally undoing what I said about just sleep and eat. But, you know, you can eat while you edit. Believe it's me. It's true. I, I Sometimes I try and eat during this podcast. It never goes well. <laughs> but I try. Listen, that new laptop has already got some grease-stained keys on it from <laughs> from eating popcorn while I oh, I wish it wasn't true. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm just I'm a monster <laughs> Don't make me spit take on On Mike You would have loved that one if you were in person uh, Anyway I do have a couple items of news I want to talk about uh, That are from Specifically my uh, side of the fence here Because uh, they are both Anime and anime adjacent related I have, And I have one from my side of the fence Oh, look at this. Yeah. Look at this fence-crossing news news segment. Um, the first one I wanted to say, it's just kind of an announcement that I didn't realize was happening. Kate. Yeah. Remember how we talked about before about how, like, 
it's it's we're entering the golden age of the thing the golden age of the thing I berate Western nerds for, but want to bring into my life with more frequency, and that is relaunches and redos and reboots. Uh-huh. We got Sailor Moon Crystal, was super I was amped about it. I mean, I've never watched it, but I did all right. Maybe I'll get around to it one day. <laughs> Stop it. Um, wow, he already er- knew. You're not even in the same room, folks, and you already knew the faces, Megan. Uh, Ursa Yatsura. I'm happy it exists. I will go back to it one day. I've heard it's it's improved slightly. Um, there have been others, but also in here, Kate, there's going to be a new Trigun anime. Oh, really? I just a Trigun is one of the animes I own the full set of on DVD. Well, now, um, yeah, friends, because it, I think just because it was a Western space Western type of thing, Trigun mm-hmm. often got paired with Cowboy Bebop, even though they were nothing alike at all. Mm-mm. Um, and apparently I have learned from reading this article, uh, regarding the trailer dropping for what they are calling Trigun Stampede, um, which is a complete redo of the original anime and manga, uh, fun fact, which was done by the same guy who does Blood Blockade Battlefront, which I mean, Ooh. I mean I already liked Trigun, so when I found out saying he did Blood Black 8, uh, Kekai Sensen, can't say the actual English title, just cemented that guy in my uh, esteem. But apparently there was like a Full Metal Alchemist thing going on with Trigun at the time in the 90s when that anime was happening, where they were going concurrently. So they Ooh. maybe kind of had to make them up a little bit with the ending because the manga wasn't done. And this is right. going to be like the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood version of Trigun. Oh. Where the ma- the manga is done. The manga's been finished for like 20 years. So they're actually doing it more faithfully to the manga. Um, So very interested to see how that goes. There's also a movie yeah. that was done in like 20, 2012, 2015 or something that I never heard about. There's been like all this Trigun that came out that I never, I never knew existed. That where, I go back where, where, where are we? Is it because there's just too much? It's just there's too much. Something's going to get lost in that. But uh, yes, Trigun was the uh, the story of Vash the Stampede, the six, 60, 60 billion double dollar man. <laughs> that yep. was the cost. That was the bounty on his head. Um, who who you never know is either a brilliant or an absolute moron. <laughs> yes, you you never know if he's a buffoon or the most terrifying gunslinger in the West. Um, and fun fact, why I mean, why I am even more excited about this. Trigon was notoriously one of my least favorite anime endings of all time. Cause it basically ended with a clip show. Yeah. It ended with 90% flashbacks of everything you had seen. Why do you think Wonder Egg Priority did that shit too? So that show from last year where it's like. You know I've been here the whole time, right? There's no new viewer. You don't need to catch up anybody on the last episode. So if if you have ever heard me talk about anime endings and how much <laughs> I dislike them, you can there's a little window there. If I just name a couple, Trigun being one, Evangelion being another, like there's just a couple there that I should and you'll understand why I they I find them so disappointing. Um, either clip shows or everyone turns into light or goo. You got to turn into something, Kate. Well, I'd rather it be light than a clip show. <laughs> goo over clip show. That's going to be the first, could be the first piece of geekdom. 
<laughs> That'll make no sense to anybody except people who listen to this show. Goo, greater than sign clip show. That's what yep. it's going to be. Yep. Uh, so yeah, super amped about that. It's supposed to drop in January. It's supposed to start. I'm sure it'll be on Crunchyroll. Uh, also got wind that there will be a uh, Ranking of Kings special episode, which I'm, I'm slowly collecting my list of things that from the past year that made the uh, the year bearable. Like, I don't make like, who's my favorite songs of this year? No, because there's too much shit in the world, and I'm probably discovering stuff from 20 years ago that I didn't know existed before this year, so that stuff uh-huh. has to get in there. Um, but, like, I completely forgot that Ranking of Kings came out, like, in January of this year. So Wait, even that It was amazing. Ago? Yes. I feel like it was like it wasn't that long ago. Um, well, I am happy for you. <laughs> so much anime. My other piece is more like a like a like a trend report, like a worrying trend report. Oh, okay. And it centers. It starts with the story that was uh, kind of suspected that fairly beloved uh, among the Tappy Tap game world um, voice actress. Ami Maishima, who has been absent from a lot of things lately, not really on any of the, you know, promo live streams or the events that they do or the concerts that they threw, uh, Amita, as she is known, has not really been around. And this has led to a lot of fan speculation regarding the state of her health. Um, and it was announced this week that she has basically cut ties with her agency and stepped down from both Bang Dream and D4DJ. Unclear. She's done voice work and like Comey can't communicate and shows like that. So it's unclear if she'll still be doing that work or if she's just like out for the time being. Um, the statements released said it was going to be um, for a few months and she would catch everybody up after she recovered. That's sad enough on its own. But the thing I was left feeling is just like voice actresses seem to be succumbing to the grind at an alarming rate lately. <laughs> Maybe right. it's just the world we live. Maybe it's the post-pandemic world we live in now. Could be. But Amita stepping down from stuff. Um, Ken and Shizaki refused to pull double duty anymore between Bang Dream and D4DJ. Um, oh God, what's her name? Tomoriru. That's her name. She does the voice of Setsuna in the one of the Love Lives. Um, she can't perform anymore because <laughs> she did have a she did have an ailment that was impeding her ability to perform at the concerts, but just generally like the concerts and the the grind of that. She had to step down from that role. We remember one of the members of Aqua having to step down and go on hiatus for a few months. Like it just seems to be happening like a lot more lately. And it's very, I'm I'm wondering if there's a couple of things I'm wondering. One is we have to look at the fact that in the last even five years, the amount of stuff that they do has grown exponentially because it's not just as, as you know, as you told me, like, it's not just doing the voice acting. It's now doing the voice acting, doing shows, doing like live casts, meeting with fans. It's become a bigger entity when you take like a voice acting thing on. Um, the other one, and this is just from my knowledge of like historical fiction, um, could they possibly be getting pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who, who knows? I mean, there's been a number, there's also been a number of, uh, I've seen marriage announcements. Like there's been a number of marriage announcements. Um, so it's not unheard of for these marriages and, and pregnancies to be, um, announced, but that was all very, I guess that's all very traditional. Like these are 
pregnancies that don't involve marriage. Who, who knows? That, that's a really, you took a real dark, Kate. <laughs> well, no, I just mean, like, it's better than me thinking they've just, like, disappeared people. That's where I thought you were going to go with this, that she just, like, was disappeared by her agency. Um, I don't think it's necessarily dark, but just Japan is really sexist, right? So, and they don't, like, for them, traditional structures are very important, Um or it could be, I mean, it could just be the grind, getting burnt out. Um, Japan still doesn't like to talk about it, but it does happen. They expect a lot of their employees too much, in fact, by and large. And um, it could just be that. But I'm just thinking, it happens to be a lot of women. Could it be that maybe it just has to do with, you know, like, I mean, we've talked on the show a lot about endometriosis. It could be... Something like that. It could be a woman's disease. Or I was thinking like, I just, there's a lot of historical fiction where people go away for a year. (laughs) Um, Right? Like I just, I don't know. Imagination running wild. Yeah. In the case of uh, Tomori Kusunoki, who was the, from the Love Life franchise who stepped down earlier this year. um, She was diagnosed with a genetic disease called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Um which I know has to do with like the collagen in your joints uh, type of thing. And doesn't really lend itself to jumping and prancing around a stage for two hours and the practicing and all that that's involved there. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's just interesting. I think you're definitely right that like, it's not for a lot of these now because they're multimedia franchises that involve games and anime and radio and live concerts and all that type of stuff. It's not just going into a booth and, you know, recording in your, in your sweats, right? Like it's a whole thing all the time. And yeah, the, the level of stuff that's expected of them now has really skyrocketed. It's kind of nuts to expect that. I think I meant when I first got into Muse, I mentioned, I mentioned, I was impressed by them because they didn't look like, you know, traditional idols because they Mm -hmm. never intended to be idols in the first place. It wasn't, they were actresses. And some of them were tall and some of them were short and... Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, you mentioned, you know, disappearing them. I've already noticed that one of the characters, uh, Amida voices in one of the games, just like when she talks, there's no voice now. Like <laughs> there's literally like Ibuki on, D- on D4DJ does not have a voice now. And apparently there was a huge fan outcry because she was very, she was tied kind of very closely to the character she played in Bang Dream, uh, Aya. Because they you know, from pastel palettes because they had a very sort of similar kind of a similar career arc. Um, I mean, it did have a career as an idol at one point before getting into voice acting, and they tied her and the character very closely. So when it when it seemed like there was a chance that they would sort of erase all of her work on the character over the past you know three years or whatever, um, there was quite a bit of fan outcry. And to their credit, you know, Bushy Road and the and the studios were like, okay will leave her work will remain um which is as it should be i think you don't need to you need to thanos snap her out of the franchise just because she (laughs) stepped down right just because he had to like replace her like that's not cool like that's the reason anybody loves the character is for her performance so you know we can go full like like russia on this and just like erase them out of pictures what character (laughs) there was never a character named this what are you talking about this band never existed (laughs) <laughs> anyway, speedy recovery to Amida. To all of the ladies. Vo- voice actresses, please take care of yourselves. 
always put your own health first is the takeaway there. Kate, what do you got? Um, so very small bit of news, but it is interesting. Um, D and D has replaced the term race in their books. So anyone who's played D and D or has sort of a general knowledge of D and D knows that when you make a character, you choose their class. So that's druid, wizard, fighter, um, and you choose their race. Um, and that is human, half orc, elf. You know, it's there. There are a lot of races, but a lot of people have said for a while that that term is old-fashioned and weird. Um, so they finally changed it, but but they changed it to species, which. I don't think it's, I mean, I understand that they wanted to be very clear and be like, this is a different, you know, species. And they wanted to move away from race. And I, I get that. But senior correspondent Chris had a very, um, I think it was a better idea. He's like, why wouldn't they call them folk? Because it's a fantasy setting and you have merfolk and fey folk which are very, like, common terms in fantasy. Elf folk. Like, it just... He's like, I don't understand what they went full, like, species with it. Um, so, yeah, it's just an interesting... Interesting bit of news. Um, I mean, I'm glad that they dropped race. Um, but sometimes I think they need to workshop stuff a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I think... I know there's going to be this, like huge outcry from the the crowd we hope will never find this podcast they will not like what they hear um but yeah it was just very interesting that they've become more they've actually taken steps to try and change things i mean a lot of franchises will dig their heels in and be like but this is the way it's always been um i like that they're trying to they're trying new things. I think it's very important for, 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 you know, something as big as like D&D to try and like evolve. So yeah, that's all my, that's my tiny bit of news. Part of this also stems from the uh, Spelljammers thing the other month. Yes. I don't know if I know what that is. Like the Spelljammers thing that happened. I don't, I don't remember. So the Spelljammers thing was an, uh, correct me, I'm going from memory. This was an older module that had been uh, brought back. Yeah. Spelljammers, Spelljammers was from ages ago. Um, and yeah, they sort of relaunched it. Um, and people are really excited about it. Basically, it's a lot of like magical ships that go and they go through something that is like space, but there's actually lots of different types of things you can fly through. Um, it's kind of a wacky, crazy, zany um, uh, add-on to regular D&D. Um, but yes, yeah, they relaunched it and a lot of people were really excited about it. Well, it got recalled because one of the uh, now species in there was uh, somewhat racially insensitive. Ooh, I think I vaguely remember this. I just don't remember which one. They have lots of stuff in there. That, <laughs> like, if you go through some of the books, you're like, really? That's where you went with that? From Polygon, uh, yes, the Apology and Recalls in reference to a race called the Hadazi, which are included in Spelljammers. The primate-like creatures were called out for their association with in-fiction slavery 
as well as problematic themes and images that together serve to reinforce racism against black people. Yeah, yeah, I remember this now. I remember... I remember senior correspondent Chris, I think, being very <laughs> perplexed as to why they were they were not um, like why they were included slash why weren't they changed. Um, I I would like I don't actually know the makeup of the writers' room of Dungeons and Dragons of Wizards of the Coast. I'm gonna go out on a limb there and say that it's probably not as diverse as it should be because when you've got diversity in a lot of different voices. At least someone will go, hey, we might want to take a look at that. Um, this is the way I feel about species. It's not as bad, but I still feel like <laughs> someone should have been like, species sounds real, real like sci-fi. Why don't we go with folk? That one's species was maybe not the move. Also, the, the, everything happening with the Hadazi Z is maybe not. I mean, it, it's, it's that, you know, credit for doing the right thing. Points deducted for letting it out like that in the first place. In the first place, yeah. Like, 2020, really? We should have flying cars and better writers. Oh, you're a dreamer, Caitlin McKinnon. Oh, I know. Well, that's it for news. What have you been watching, Kate? So, I haven't watched a ton. It's been a very busy week. But, and also part of it is because one of the things I did watch took up a lot of my time. I watched Wednesday. I watched all of Wednesday in a pretty short amount of time. This is going to be potentially controversial, so I'm just going to sit back. People people in my life heavily invested in Wednesday, so I'm going to sit back and I, let you concede the floor to Caitlin McKinnon. How did you feel about you. Wednesday? Um, I liked it. It just wasn't for my age group. Like, it's for a younger audience, and that's fine. I'm happy with that. I enjoyed it. But, yeah, younger audience. That's all. Ultimately, ultimately, I I am going to go back to it. My viewing of the first episode was uh, superseded by uh, realizing that uh, the new episode of Fleischman is in Trouble had dropped, which I'll talk about later. But um, I was just having... A hard time, and I mean, I'm sure it doesn't stay this way, but I'm not used to, maybe I have too much uh, Angelica Houston on the brain right. going into this show, but to my understanding of the Adams family was always like, you know, they were fiercely loyal and loving to each other in their way. So Wednesday hating Morticia was a real sort of jarring in that way that teenagers hate their parents. Like it was still a really like jarring thing for me. And I had a hard time, at least in the first episode kind of getting over that. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. I think, I mean, they had to do something different. I think it's an interesting take on um, a mother daughter relationship. Um, and I think you can love your parents, but also feel a lot of pressure from them. I think that's, possible um but yeah i enjoyed it it was just it again it, it's not for us um and that's okay like i still enjoyed watching it um it was fun and silly and you know spooky um but it all i can also be like this was for teenagers <laughs> or younger um and that again that's okay um but yeah it was enjoyable um i thought some of the scenes were fantastic 
Um, and, uh, I thought a lot of the acting was great and yeah, it was a lot of fun though. I think they did a really yeah, good I thought, job. I thought Jenna Ortega crushed it. Even just, Oh yes, she 45 did. 45 minutes or whatever I saw. Like I was like, yes, you are absolutely killing this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just some of the characterization I was, I was bumping up against. There's also a lot of, there's the like. I, I want to call it very K-drama where, like, there's the girl that, like, everyone likes kind of thing. Um, or very, like, teen fiction, you know, where there's, like, a love triangle kind of thing going on, um, which is a little eye-rolly. Um, but again, it's this isn't for me, and that's fine. Um, I'm not looking for a grown-up story from teenage Wednesday Adams, right? Like, that would be very silly to expect. Um so yeah, so yeah, if you're into that kind of thing, definitely check it out. Um, the other thing I took a look at this week was Willow. Oh, okay. The series based on the film. Um, the first two episodes dropped. It's just fun fantasy. It's not, it doesn't want to be some crazy, like, Lord of the Rings epic. It was well-written. Again, there are some teenage characters that you're just like, ugh. But there are some great things as well. Uh, some of the acting's great. Um, it's really nice to see Warwick, Warwick Davis. Davis, right? Yes. Um, it's really nice to see him as Willow again. Um, yeah. it's And I, it seems like it's going to be a really great uh, series. So I'm looking forward to that. And I watched the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. And? I think I think I could I could watch an entire series of Mantis just being a moron. I love her <laughs> so much. Um yeah, I could watch her and Drax just yelling at each other. Getting to the comedy stylings of Dave Batista. Yeah. Mostly mostly oh I can't remember the actress's name, but the actress that plays Mantis. She's absolutely phenomenal. I love her so much. Um, and it's always nice to see Kevin Bacon. Um, but yeah, what you said about, you know, Chris Pratt, just, I mean, he, I don't think I would, it he was wasn't on the as phone. harsh. He was on the phone was, on that one. <laughs> yes. I wasn't as harsh as you were, but I was feeling a little like, I thought the ending was good. Um, but I was feeling a little bit like, yeah, I, I mostly see it as him just being exhausted. I, I, I interpreted it as him being <laughs> exhausted about everything that's happened, losing Gamora and fighting and they're working to, you know, get the station up and running. And, and I interpreted it as that and, you know, feeling like maybe he has, doesn't have a family, but then realizing he does and yeah, but I just thought it was silly and fun and I really enjoyed it as a Christmas special. That's, that's well, all right. Yeah. I, again, as we established last week, because I apparently want to feel seen by my media, I uh, my rewatch of Superstore uh, then moved into the actual conclusion of Superstore, which I had never seen because oh. I Superstore, if you don't know, became one of those shows where the main character left America Ferrera. Uh, yeah. Took off at the start of season six, I think it was. They get six seasons out of Superstore. Um, did ultimately, you know, was around when it counted at the beginning of the season and the end of the season at the and the and the end of the series. 
but the large portion of the middle, uh, she wasn't around for. And I was at the time kind of like, eh. you know, I don't want to, I don't want a fifth season of community <laughs> superstore. Right. Right. But when it was sitting on Netflix and I was just making my way through and I had heard this at the time and it wasn't until I saw it in practice that I appreciated it. Superstore did a very good job of being COVID humor. Like they really right. ran, they had to, right? Like they ran right into it um, because these are quote unquote essential workers Yes, and they ran head on to all the insanity that that involved. Um. <laughs> Down to, like, I really enjoyed the one thing where the one subplot where, like, Mateo and Cheyenne invite Sandra to uh, a movie outing or something. And Sandra's not really taking any chances. And she's like, you guys get kind of loose with your with your safety. So, you know, have fun. <laughs> but it's not really it's not really my jam. And then Cheyenne and Mateo are so Mateo especially are so insulted <laughs> by what Sandra th- thinks they're unclean that their movie night eventually becomes... <laughs> them digging a hole for Sandra Mateo and Cheyenne to watch Herbie fully loaded <laughs> in Mateo's backyard. Uh, it's like, look, we had to drive out of state to get these tests. We're both negative. And she's like, Oh, that's really good for you guys. But I mean, you'll be inviting other people, right? Like we don't have to <laughs> just be, just be the three of us. Well, how are we going to distance? We'll dig holes. <laughs> we'll dig holes <laughs> for each other. They just they demand that Sandra acquiesce and acknowledge that they are not unclean and come to their movie night. Um, yeah, a superstore was clearly <laughs> the product of someone who knew in depth people who knew about oh, yeah. that that major retailer life. Um, Even when I gave it to you way back when those first couple episodes, I was like. There were so many moments when I went, it was like a, having a nom flashback. Like it was just like, <laughs> oof, oh yeah, no, no, I don't like that. But I do because it's also funny in retrospect. Um, so I'm glad they continued that trend. It was that thing. I remember the one episode, which it seems like such a small thing, but it was the, the episode where like they've been bought by uh Cloud9 got bought by, like, a tech company, and now they wanted employees to keep their phones on them. Yes. Whereas before, you could never have your phone on you. And that is so specific to that life, because it was not that long ago when I was just floor staff at Major Canadian Retailer, and I actually got written up for checking my the time on my phone before we even opened, <gasps> because I just had my phone on the floor. I... Oh, I'm surprised you did not lose it. <laughs> Listen, she almost caught a bad one that day and then didn't deliver the write-up herself. Had another manager do it because she knew she was going to catch a bad one. Um, but yeah, just, and now it's the same thing with us where like you're expected to have your phone on you at all times. Right. Because um, that's how you get to the app or the website or anything. Um, so just little little details like that were just so such a nice touch on that show. Um, we talked about Wednesday and how I didn't finish it because I remembered Fleischman was in trouble. Um, had dropped their new episode. That show continues to be unlike anything else I'm watching because it's clearly for grownups. I mean, right. listen, Kate <laughs> talked a lot. Of, Kate talked a lot about how Wednesday like wasn't for her because it was clearly aimed at young people. Well, there's no slagging being into something that's made for young people. These are two. You're talking to two hosts who like watch oh. cartoons on the regular. Like, yeah, like I'm not. I'm never. That's why I said like I enjoyed it, but I can also recognize when something is for kids and I need to chill out. 
unlike <laughs> a lot of other people, not mentioning any names, basically all the fanboys out there. Um, but yeah, no, that's fine. And I understand also wanting to tune into something for grownups, which is why Andor was so nice. And Fleischman is in trouble. It's still, still really so just good. Like it's just good. It's good in a way that's not flashy or like exceptional like Andor was. It's not making me think about big things or big themes, but it's just so such a well-told version of this guy like melting down over the course of a couple weeks as he tries to figure out what's going on with his ex-wife. Um, and you can feel the flip coming where like interesting your simp your sympathies for Toby, the Jesse Eisenberg character are probably going to flip because his, you are starting to see sort of cracks in the veneer of him and that maybe he's not, you know, some of this shit was his fault too. Um, which is usually the case in many relationships. Um, it's never just, it's never just one thing. Um, so it's, it's very, it's very good. If that's, if you're looking for some like serious, but also like can also be really funny <laughs> drama. Um, and one, one actor I forgot to shout out. I don't know the actor's name. Forgive me, but Ted Mosby from how I met your mother plays Lizzie Kaplan's husband. And mm-hmm. it's a small part. But he's making the most of it. And Josh Radner, that's his name. Um, not a guy you expected to see in this, but he just shows up every couple couple episodes. And it's it's the scene where Eisenberg, um, the, playing Toby, has is crashing his friend's uh, his friend played by Lizzie Kaplan. I think the character's name is Libby. Um, he just he's alone. He feels alone. So it's like, hey, what are you doing? Do you want to hang out? You know, that person who only calls you when they need you, type of thing. Right. Um, and she wants to be there for him, but she's like, oh, we're taking the kids to the pool at the club, you know, whatever. She's out in Jersey, and he's like, oh, I'll come to you. Um, and it's just the scene where, like, Eisenberg is now, like, in their lives as their lives are going on. Right. Still wanting to talk about all the shit with his divorce. And <laughs> they're trying to, like, wrangle these kids, and one of the girls screaming how much she hates her mother because she wants a bikini or whatever. <laughs> Lizzie Kaplan's going, there are no bikinis in this house. I'm not keeping you from a bikini. I don't have one to give you, even if I wanted to. Um, I love children. (laughs) Chris and Andy really shouted out this moment, Andy especially, because he he saw it as so so perfectly parental. Like, So he's just going on, and Toby's going on and on, and Libby's trying to listen. And Josh Ratner, as Libby's husband, comes in, and he's like, so we're just standing? (laughs) And... (laughs) Libby looks at him and goes, I'm doing the water bottles. And Andy was like, do you know how much of my life has been spent doing the water, <laughs> the bottles? water bottles? Oh, that's really um, good. Yeah, it's it's so that's the type of shit I'm talking about where it's like really funny, but also showing that like you're kind of a prick too, Toby. Like you cannot see beyond your own nose far enough to realize that you are an impediment to this family's life right now and that you should not be here, but you needed something in that moment. So you just inserted yourself, you know, it's that type of vibe. That It's, it's funny. We, we t- just talked about like, obviously someone knows, uh, you know, um, retail in and out. This is someone who knows like life and family and kids and that part of your life really, really well. And I always find that when something hits really close to home or 
it's funny, but it's very truthful. You're like, oh, this has come from personal experience. This has been an argument or a snippet of a conversation that happened to this person, happened to this writer. I really like that. I might check it out. I don't really like adult things, but you're, you're really, you're making me think I might need to check it out. It's it's one of the more bizarre things I, I will sell. And I mean, like, listen, someone cute got me onto this because she read the book and she really loved it. And when the show dropped, she wanted to check it out. I might not have checked it out otherwise. So salute to her. I'm glad I did check it out. It's one of one of the highlights, one of the highlights of my viewing week right now. Um, and the last thing I want to shout out. So I have not kept up on viewing Chainsaw Man. But from what I have since learned through like random random spoilies and clips of the manga I've seen here and there. Um, you and I both probably need to get back and recommit to Chainsaw Man. You want to know what it is? I literally mm. forget that I have Crunchyroll. <laughs> <laughs> I literally forget that. Ex- like we have so many streaming services that I will like, we'll check stuff out and I will not even t- think like it's like it's, you know, it's one screen down. So I won't even think to go to Crunchyroll. <laughs> I'm mean, gonna have to just put it at the top because every time we do the podcast, I think, oh, the the Raven of the Inner like I keep on forgetting. I love that show. I literally keep on forgetting it exists, and then being like, oh, I should watch that. So yeah, I agree. We should. I I just by what you've said, yes, I think we probably should get back into it. All I know is, um, the author of Chainsaw Man has a. Put it this way, a George R. R. Martin level of care for his characters. Oh and no. Don't get attached to anybody, basically. Oh um, no. Hey, they started with that first episode. I was attached to that weird demon dog, okay? <laughs> started with the cheetah. <laughs> and yeah, it's author not afraid to do what needs to be done. To put it mildly, so Knowing what I now know about Chainsaw Man, I probably need to recommit. Um, excited to get back into that. And, oh, why'd you remind me about the Raven show? I gotta get back into the Raven show, too. Um, Akuma Maid War I totally forgot about because it's on fucking high dive. Oh, my God. See, when it's not accessible or when you don't see it, we're a very visual culture, Jordan. When you don't see it, you forget it exists. Just make it easy, y'all. Anyway, you know what makes you know who makes it easy? Netflix. Yeah, they do. They do. Dum-ba-bum. <laughs> Dum-ba-bum, indeed. <laughs> I meant just to just go the bum-bum, but da-ba-bum is fine. <laughs> they put that stuff right in front of your face, including Christmas movies starring Lindsay Lohan. Oh, festive time is here. You know we live for it, y'all. Is this one subverting the, the format at all? We'll have to talk about that after this break when we get into... What the hell is it called, Caitlin? Uh, falling for Christmas. Falling... For Christmas, because she fell, yo. She and fell because she's she's now the new queen of Christmas. Hudge ducked down. And yeah, Lohan I know. was like, oh, you turn your back on your corners? I'm coming for that, sh- for that shit. <laughs> in the Game of Thrones. In the Game of Thrones. <laughs> in the Game of Shitty Christmas Movies, you play or you die. You play or you die. You're a romantic yeah. lead or you die. And Hudge, man, you took a break. You took a break. You know why Hudge took a break? Because she's got that boat money. (laughs) Boat money! (laughs) She's in the Mediterranean right now. (laughs) She's like, I did three princess switches, motherfucker. She's out there with the supreme money guns, just like... (laughs) 
spraying the Mediterranean Ocean. She's not even diving in for the money afterwards. She don't need to. She knows nope. she can just princess switch again whenever she needs to. Oh, that was a hell of a preamble. Friends, when we come back from this break, we'll talk. We'll actually talk about the movie. And welcome back to the show. This is the part of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. And to start off Christmas, I brought or forced Jordan to watch Falling for Christmas. There's no bringing each other. You you are running the show on Christmas, as is tradition. You are you are deep in these snowy streets, it's just true. bringing all the bad Christmas all year. And this this is where we have landed on week one of. There's gonna be a lot this year. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's there's a, a classic we have to watch that we decided on. There's some quite a few new Christmas movies this year. There's stuff I've never seen before. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's a it's a full full Santa's bag of of Christmas goodies. <laughs> oh, Did I tell you I got a message from uh, former Chief Brown correspondent Kaim Dar, uh, letting me know that his life may be becoming a W Network. Christmas movie. What? Kaim, who's recently, he's recently moved from the big city here in Toronto. He's gone out west. Yes. Uh, to a small, a small British Columbia town and apparently started uh, teaching art classes to children out there. Oh my God. He's just waiting. His, <laughs> his lady love's going to come, lady love's going to come through any day now. She's going to try and shut down the town. She's going to try and build some sort of oil rig. And, and then, then there will be some, some some uh fundraiser for the art school that Kayam works at that she'll have to uh use her public relations skills to uh to help and 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 they'll fall fall in love and be beautiful oh see i'm sure it'll all work out like it always works out in all these movies yeah of course um so falling for christmas uh, oh sorry i just skipped over the rules um yeah eh. You know what? We don't do this often. I'm not going to even talk about the rules because they just don't apply. Because not only is this film basically every other Christmas film, like it is, <laughs> there is a formula sheet, I'm sure, where they just, it's like a Mad Libs where they just write in names and professions and go from there. Um, Ain't I, no rule of three because no. it's a movie. And Ain't no, I mean, save it for the pod, sure. I mean, I could have talked to Kate about it, but I forgot most of it 15 minutes after I watched it. So what and, was I going to talk to her and about? did I fall asleep several times? I did. <laughs> you can't you can't spoil it because no. it's every other Christmas movie. You already spoiled it for yourself. If you yeah. watch one of them, you already know what happens. But so. we're, not, we're not here because it's going to be unique or it's going to flip the script. Mm -mm. We're here because this is peak comfort. Listen, bring the call back. You know what this is? This is the filmic equivalent of one of Caitlin's uh, knit sweaters. Yeah. That she's showcasing on her on our OnlyFans. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. And it, yeah. Does it have a Christmas tree on it? Yes, it does. Um, Damn right it does. So, Falling for Christmas is a 2022 American Christmas romantic comedy film. Um <laughs> Directed by Janine Damien. It's her first, like, it's her debut as a director. It does not matter. 
Um, oh my. I mean, really, really, it doesn't matter. Um, Lohan plays a spoiled heiress who loses her memory in a skiing accident and lands in the care of a lodge owner widower um, at Christmas time. Um, big things. It marked Lohan's first role in a major production in over a decade, following a series of career setbacks while recovering from addiction and legal issues. Um, the film was released on November 10th, 2022 by Netflix after a screening event for fans hosted by the cast and crew was held in New York City the day before. Falling for Christmas received generally mixed reviews from critics, who mostly <laughs> found the story to be formulaic and cliched, but praised Lohan's acting return and on-screen presence. It had one of the best opening weekends for a Netflix Just, original okay, movie in okay. 2022 no, hold, hold on, on the streaming hold service. Hold on, hold on, hold yes, on, hold on, yes, hold on, yes, hold on, yes. Praising Lohan's on-screen presence, mm -hmm. like... Because she was on the screen? Probably. Is that what we mean there? She was present on the screen? I'm just... Well, let's... Okay. Is that, is that what we're praising? This is... You know when they talk about vehicles for people? This <laughs> is the Lindsay Lohan vehicle. Right? And... Lindsay Lohan, as much as people loved her in Mean Girls and... In Freaky Friday and some of the other films she was well known for, she's never exactly been a great actress. <laughs> she had good comedic timing. Um, she's very beautiful. She's charismatic, but she's never been like, "Wow, that was that was a great role." Um, Shots fired! <laughs> Shots fired! I mean, not. Not to, not shots, but no, like no shots, but <laughs> no, shots. No shots, but shots. Um, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm n I've never disliked Lindsay Lohan, but I've also never been like, Lindsay Lohan, that's the new Kate Blanchett, you know, like, oh <laughs> that's <God>. just. <laughs> so really, this Tar is. Tar starring Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I'm, I'm glad she's back. I'm glad she's doing better. Um, I believe she lives in Dubai where there isn't any paparazzi. So. Oh. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope that's better for her mental health. It's hard to see people struggle, especially when they get picked on in the media, right? Um, so I'm glad she's back and, you know, people have really enjoyed this. Um, so that's that's getting into the low hand of it all. But Kate. Yeah. Was this movie sufficiently comfy for you? Yeah. I'm, for some reason, there was a creepy Santa. There was a creepy Santa, but there, I, was, there was also I a widower. I started howling <laughs> when I saw the creepy Santa because I'm like, oh, you're doing all of it. Yeah. Oh, they you're did gonna all do of all it. Of, you're, re mm -hmm. you're really ticking all the boxes. You, yeah. you could. You could. You don't have to tick all of them. You don't need a magical old man in there as well, who is clearly Santa Claus. No. You didn't need Santa it. Claus, he, he but he's clearly not, Santa Claus. He did not make the plot like forward the plot at all there was no need he was there he was there to set up the sleigh the sleigh that ultimately gets uh the other guy from glee because that's who plays the love interest here mm -hmm. name, cord overstreet i always yes. remember his name because it's such a wild ass name <laughs> uh cord overstreet plays the romantic lead and when he he's, he needs to go he needs to get to the to the other resort because he he runs Let's really get let's really get into the plot mechanics here, Kate. Uh, Amazing. He 
as the widower, owns a very small mom and pop style ski resort type of thing. Yeah. I, I didn't know about the, you know, trends in, in ski lodge and ski resort core <laughs> that we were dealing with, but it's just really hard out there for a charming, you know, independent, small ski lodge to compete with the, uh, you know, with the, with the Uber lodges of yeah, the world. Of course. <laughs> with their, with their modern amenities and things like that. Um, so when he's trying to get to, uh, get to Lohan, Sierra, rather, that's her name. It's at the end of the movie. I mean, we'll talk about other stuff, but it's, it's when he has to like, He's got to get to the other lodge to declare his love for Sierra. Yeah. But how's he going to get there? Well, there's this sleigh that they saw at the market where Creepy Santa, not Santa, was hanging out at. And it's like, ooh, that's a, it's a, what a, that's a fine piece of craftsmanship. It's a little rich for our blood. Afraid, probably can't do that. And then just ends up, just ends up at, at his house. Amazingly. Magically. So he gets his, his single horse, Balthazar. <laughs> hitch, hitch it up. Grabs his daughter and, and scoots on. I imagine, I imagine in a fashion that is very similar to Chauncey and Philip, just kind of like you know, come screaming down the trail, yeah, to go declare his love. Um, was this movie sufficiently comfy? I don't know. Okay, like you said, it, it was a this was a big second. <laughs> this was a big second screen experience I can, for me. I can tell you right now, the thing that I am disappointed the most about is that mm. Tad and Ralph did not fall in love. You were shipping Tad and Ralph. Yes, I, I, I was, I, I was like, I don't know if they're just playing. Tad is very effeminate, so he seems, you know, less. They were of playing. A, so given how the end, given how the Tad ended up in the movie, I mean, they were definitely playing with something. Tad was fluid, shall we say? Yeah, and 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 that's fine. So I was like. I, I thought maybe either he was, you know, he he was closeted or he was fluid or, you know, bisexual. Like, I – but there – I felt real sparks between Tad and Ralph and I was oh like – <laughs> and the fact – I was just very sad. I'm glad Tad ended up with a random, like, bellhop. <laughs> like, I'm glad he had a date for New Year. Um, but I just, I thought it'd be really cute to have him and Ralph, like, get together. Oh my God. So what's, what's the plot here, such as it were? Who cares? Um, Lindsay Lohan plays the daughter of a, a, uh, ski, ski lodge magnet. No, she's a spoiled hotel heiress named Sierra Belmont, um, and has been newly appointed as vice president of Atmosphere. Vice President of Atmosphere, yes. She's dating Tad Fairchild, who is an influencer. Um, and basically, he proposes. They're on a hill they're not supposed to be on. They both fall, but she falls and hits her head, forgets who she is. It's basically overboard, but Christmas. Um, wow. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yes, exactly that. And, it's and, overboard, but Christmas. And they... And and worse than overboard. Um, and they the name they give her. So her name is Sierra. The name they give her is Sarah. While she's forgotten her memory, and they they think doing normal everyday things will help her get her memory back. Except, mm -hmm. so they have her doing things like making the bed and cooking and cleaning. But she's never done these things. So hilarity ensues she tries to do these very common things that she's never done before um and of course it doesn't work because that is not her her life um 
Yeah. And basically... So obviously, yeah. what else do you need in there as well? You also need, uh, like I said, the kind widower. Yes. Is his name Sam? They're always named Sam, right? His name's uh, Sam? His name's Jake. Very close. Jake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't Sam, I was going Jack, and that would have been closer to Jake. But um, obviously, you know, Jake has a wound that needs healing. Yeah. In this case, the loss of his the loss of his wife, um, which has affected him so much he can't stand to put the Christmas angel on the top of the tree that he keeps in his desk. For they some they bought it the like <laughs> week she died, Jordan. Cool. Why do you keep it in your <laughs> desk drawer? <laughs> You're doing business and then suddenly open, like, literally the left top drawer on your desk and it's just a Christmas angel sitting there. You just keep it there the whole time? Like, all the time? Probably. <laughs> probably. It probably goes angel whiskey. Like, it's probably... <laughs> those are the drawers. <laughs> you there's a flask under there? Yeah. Um... So, obviously, for... I, I Who knows why? There's... Uh, not a lot. Of, I wasn't no chemistry here. Not a lot of chemistry with them. Not not tons. No. I felt there was more chemistry between the two of them in the bloopers than there was in the actual movie. Oof. Because again, never forget these movies always have to have the blooper reel running through the credits. Because they're all fun. It's fun. These things are Which fun. I, it, it was fun. I actually, you know, I I felt more charisma from Lohan in the bloopers than I did most <laughs> of the movie. I was like, oh yeah. I remember why we like you. Yeah. Um, everybody's having a good time, especially her dad. <laughs> that one scene where he's like, tell that muscular man to stop stealing your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> There's some rip guy in the background doing, doing, doing lat lunges. I don't even know, know if that's a move. <laughs> is that a thing you do at the gym? I assume it is. Mm-hmm. Um, You're asking the wrong person, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I watch terrible Christmas movies and stuff my face. So I don't, I mean... It looked, set design was good. Yeah. They had this little, the North Star Lodge. Is that what it was called? His lodge, his small lodge. I I would go there. They had a good time. They had um, the, uh, the must have bad CGI shots. Um, Oh my God. So bad. I know I said the other, I know I said when talking about, I don't remember what we were talking about, but how I try to be forgiving of effects crews. Given the the workload they're constantly under, mm-hmm. I know I said I was trying to be more kind to them, but the, y'all were testing me on this one. Yeah, I think I think this is done by someone's like nephew, <laughs> like for their school project. This was an intern. I'm I'm pretty sure. This was someone paid with paid in experience. Yeah, I mean, but that's sort of how it is for Christmas movies, right? Uh, also, fun fact um, regarding something we talked about the other week. There's definitely a scene in the movie where uh, Lindsay Lohan, like, on her first night, you know, she's out of the hospital. She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know something's off. She feels a little weird. And she looks out. She hears something outside. And she opens the curtain and is greeted by a horrible-looking puppet raccoon <laughs> that's chilling out there. Uh, and Lindsay Lohan uh, stumbles backwards grabs the curtain, pulls it off the curtain rod, and falls flat on her back. Very similar to how I fell ass first out of my shower the other week. Oh. If you want to know what that looked like, go back and wa- go back and watch that scene from the movie. Very similar. Amazing. <laughs> that's, that's I'm glad that my there's... My one memory from that movie is like, hey, that's kind of how I fell out of the shower. 
I'm just trying to think of any, like, it was just, it was a, it was a Hallmark Christmas movie. Like that, it's what it was. It's what it should have been. It was dumb. It would make a great drinking game. And it was comf. It was comf enough. I mean, it did, it did what it came here to do, which was not much. No. Nobody's ever asking for these movies to do much. No. But it did the bare minimum that I expected of it. Yeah, I have enjoyed other Christmas movies more. There's a real lack of Andy McDowell here. Um, I mean, you never saw it. We should really make a... We should really double down on trying to find you dashing in December. I did see it. This year? You did see it? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I know I saw it at someone cute's house. I I thought I watched it last year. And like, yeah. I'm positive. We oh, never talk about it on the show. If you did, I'm I'm a hundred percent. I did. Dashing in December, far superior to this movie. Oh, a hundred percent. So, and not just for Andy McDowell. Just it was just it was just a better movie. Yeah. Um, this was like this was we're doing something for Lohan, almost craven in its mercenary targeting of all the <laughs> all the Christmas tropes to tick off. Like um, if you're playing Christmas movie bingo, perfect movie. Perfect. You will get big. Yes, you will fill you will fill your card in quick quick order. The only thing, yeah, I think the 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 Ralph Tad subplot I think was the only thing that like kind of differentiated this movie. And the whole time I didn't know why it was there. I was like, why are we spending so much time with Tad and Ralph? <laughs> I thought because they were falling in love. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be new. This is going to be a little bit different. No. We're spending an awful lot of time with <laughs> Ralph the Survivalist and Tad the Influencer <laughs> out in the snow. Yeah. Learning how to find his own breakfast and fry fish. Uh, anyway, what is this movie? This movie's like a six. I was exact. That's exactly the score I was going to do. It, it is succeeds as a Christmas movie of of this nature. Um, it doesn't do anything interesting or special. I am a little let down about about Tad and and uh, Ralph. Um I will get over it. Um and yeah, so a 6 I think is is the appropriate score for this film. Which is which is really like the ceiling for these types of movies as far as I'm concerned. Like I don't know. I feel like, like a I si- give, a 6 is kind of the best you can hope for. for I me. I w- I would give Dashing in December a 7. Maybe I'd have to rewatch it. No, the fact that no, I'd be because if you rewatch Dashing it, in December, if you rewatch Dashing in December, it's it's a six. It's one of those things. It's like <laughs> it's like Schrodinger's movie. Like it, <laughs> you don't, you cannot rewatch it because then you'll be like, oh yeah, no, this isn't good. It's, it's a movie that's simultaneously good and bad at the same yes. time. Yes. <sighs> well, friends, that's on Netflix. I know this was a real scintillating critical discussion of the movie, but that's kind of the movie. That's kind of the, the level of critical discourse that a movie like this requires. Yeah, it did what it had to do. It felt comf. It played in the background. It kept me company. It was marginally charming when it needed to be, and it is slightly more entertaining than a fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what these the highest praise. Put that up. Put that on the poster. <laughs> Put a dash next to it. Put Caitlin McKinnon's name in italics. Yep. Comma Geek Down Podcast. Yeah. That is that is the quote for the movie poster right there. We will never do better than that, so let's just put a cap in it there. Friends, that's on Netflix. 
if you check that out and you enjoyed it or you have suggestions on other mid-Christmas movies, <laughs> mid-Christmas romance movies, we can watch this season. Hit us up on Twitter.com slash GeekDownPod. Hit up off Twitter. We will be delighted to hear what those are. Otherwise, we're going to hop off this call so I can find out what we got next week because I'm excited, y'all. I'm excited. So you know this shit's my favorite time of year. Otherwise, yeah, friends, thank you for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name's Jordan Ferguson. My name's Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope you'll join us next week for another fantastic and Christmassy episode of Geek Down Podcast. Yes, but you'll have a clap on your side, and I can line those up. It'll be like my bass. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Do you, do you want to me to, to clap as well at the same time? Yes, I want you to clap. Okay, I just was double checking because I thought maybe it was one of those things where you're like, "Oh yeah, just that wouldn't go." Clap, oh my god! All right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>